0: Hey, this is a Hakawadi production. My guest today recently launched a consulting agency dedicated to promoting and showcasing Saudi talent to the rest of the world. Saudi Arabia is a pretty big market. There are over 33 million people compared to, say, just under 10 million in the UAE. And the average income is around $54,000 a year. So you can imagine that brands and companies and organizations from other parts of the world would be interested in getting their foot in the door now, as the country moves away from depending on oil and opens up as a more modern and diversified economic model. But how can these foreign companies and entities make sure that they're coming in with the right strategy? For example, how can an American fashion brand connect with the right influencers or place their products in the right magazine editorials? There's a lot of room for error, for sure, especially in a place like Saudi Arabia where the whole concept of culture and entertainment is just in its nascent stage. And there's no real existing framework for this kind of marketing or PR. That's where today's guest comes in. His platform is called Authenticité. His mission? to be a bridge into Saudi Arabia's burgeoning creative scene as the kingdom tries to open up and fulfill its Vision 2030 plan. Joining us from Dubai, please welcome to the show, Hatem al Hello, Hatem al
1: Hello, how are you?
0: Great, thanks so much for joining us.
1: It's uh, my pleasure. I'm, uh, I've been admiring uh, your podcast, and uh, I think that it's great that you're tapping into topics that I'm also quite passionate about.
0: Well, great minds think alike. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> nah. All right. So this is such an interesting project that you've started. But before we get into it, let's let everyone know that you didn't just like pop out of nowhere. You're also creative yourself. Um, Yeah. You told me that you've been working in content creation for a long time, although you just kind of officialized this new platform that you started. But you're also a Saudi fashion designer.
1: Yes. uh, I mean, um, it's been 15 years now since I started my brand, uh, Tobi. The whole idea about... Starting this brand was because I found uh, a niche that I was looking for, which is basically, you know When I had to go to the bank, uh, I worked in banking and I had to wear a tobe every day. A tobe is a traditional uh, garment that uh, Saudis wear. In uh, Saudi, it's called tobe. In the UAE, it's called uh, kandora and in in, uh, Kuwait, it's called Distasha. So basically it's a traditional and it's the equivalent of a suit. So it's either you wear a suit or you wear a tobe, and uh, you know I felt that was more appropriate to wear a tobe. But I refused to wear the same thing every day, and I felt like my my identity was—I mean, the whole idea, the whole you know purpose of, of dressing up is to kind of express your identity, and for me it was it was always about like me wanting to express my my individuality. So I decided to find a few tailors and then uh, change. Change the toe a little bit, give it a few subtle touches. And it wasn't until I went to uh, Savile Row in London and a light bulb went out in my head and said, you know what? This is what I want to do. I want to bring a bit of Savile Row into tradition. We don't have this, you know, uh, savoir faire and tailoring and stitching when it comes to the taupe. It's, It's very generic. So I wanted to kind of elevate it and give it uh, a bit more polish, give it a bit more uh, of, a, you know, kind of international appeal. And I realized at the bank that people kept on asking me, you know, where can I get the same tube? Where, you know, where did you buy them? I'm like, where I make them? And I was offering them as gifts initially, and then I'm like, you know what, why don't I just turn them into a business? So I decided to open my first boutique in 2007, and then uh, the rest is history. Uh, the demand started. We started from the house, uh, uh, got a few tailors, and then just grew into a full-fledged boutique. And then Dubai Fashion Week, 2008, asked me to participate and do my my first fashion show. I was quite lucky at the time. Uh, uh, Are you familiar with Sheikh Majel Sabah? No. Okay, so Sheikh Majel Sabah is literally the pioneer in retail in, in the entire region he brought a concept called Villa Moda Villa Moda was the first multi-brand boutique to be in Dubai they had uh, major boutiques in the IFC in Bahrain and in Kuwait and talking about brands such as you know Dolce & Gabbana Prada uh, all the you know the the super multi-brands that you can imagine he attended my fashion show so I was quite lucky because from the from the first show that I had I was alongside, my collection was bought alongside uh, Marni, Prada, and all the uh, international brands. And this was kind of my my whole ethos. What I wanted to communicate is that something traditional can have the uh, international appeal, something traditional can't hold its own with uh, the international brands. So from there, of course, you know, I was uh, my own content creator. So I would create my own photo shoots, I would create my own uh, short films. And uh, literally every collection, I would make sure that I would have uh, a proper, you know, photo shoot done. Uh, photo shoots that can be featured in magazines such as Esquire. I mean, at that time, we didn't have GQ, but we had Esquire. Uh, we had, uh, you know, Bespoke, um, as you're you're familiar. And uh, there were quite a few other magazines. Al-Rajul, uh, uh, which was very supportive. And it kind of... Really put the the tobe on the fashion map, and I'm I'm proud, you know, to be to be part of that movement to kind of change perception, elevate tradition, and make people look at tradition from a different perspective. And everything that I that I do, this is what I, my my message has been. That I, I may be very Westernized uh, because of my my exposure. To, I'm, I'm you know I'm French educated. I went to a french in boarding school. And then I went to uh, high school and university in the States. But when I moved back, I realized that there must be some way where I can find a tool that I can describe my travels and my Western experience. With my my uh, my pride of my Saudi heritage, so
0: so let's just explain that tea by Toby, your brand. Basically, what you did is you put a Western tailored collar on the thobes, and you played around with the fabrics, right? And so you basically meshed the East and the West while maintaining a, kind of a. It was it's still more Eastern than Western, but you gave it that flavor. So I love how it represents really who you are, and it's also basically I think you like revolutionized Saudi's fashion scene.
1: Well, uh, I mean, I'm I'm blessed. Uh, Initially, at that time, it was definitely very uh, brave of anyone to get into fashion because the whole idea of fashion was, was still kind of... And not uh, the norm.
0: Yeah, because everyone is covered. Men are wearing thobes, women are wearing abayas. So I see exactly. it's not, it wasn't a big industry. I could see that. And let's just say, I remind everyone also that you have like a children's line. I just I just want to share it because it's so cute. You have like thobes that are like little tuxedos for little boys. They're really, really cute, very creative. So cool and cute that even Snoop Dogg wore one in one of his videos a few years back, right?
1: I've been I've been blessed. I mean, I've had uh, Snoop Dogg uh, wear it at his concert in Dubai when he came, and we we dressed his his entire team uh, for his concert, and then uh, he surprised me because I gave him like twelve pieces, uh, and he wore you know his the famous tuxedo tobe which I designed for him uh, at his concert, and then after that, I and mean, two months later, a friend of mine gives me a call and he tells me turn the TV on. Your entire collection is in the Here comes the King um, music video. So uh, it definitely uh, proved that street style, that uh, the tobe can also be hip, it can be cool, it can be international. There's a large uh, Muslim and Arab community globally that kind of took the tobe and, and really appreciated the fact that the tradition has been celebrated. And not just as a traditional garment, but something that's also relevant and fun to wear. And then it continued with uh, with Christian Le Uh Le uh, who's a friend of mine. Christian is a friend of mine. Uh, he had his Marie Claire photo shoot cover, uh, Marie Claire uh, France cover shoot, and he used one of my shirts. For the shoot. So that also kind of redefined, you know, traditional uh, on, on the Western uh, international stage. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, after that, um, as kind of the, the icing on the cake or the cherry on the cake, the uh, Prince William's uh, polo uh, team asked, wanted to have a salary designer to commission in designing their polo team outfits. So I was also uh, It was such a privilege to be able to attend the the polo match of uh, Prince William uh, wearing my designs. Uh, It was actually quite surreal to to see that. So, I I mean, I I encourage designers to really think and dream and get out of the box. Uh, The whole idea for me, my, my whole message has always been about showing that tradition can be relevant, showing that tradition can be chic, it can be polished. And uh, to get it out of that very generic box and to kind of change stereotypes as well, you know.
0: Well, you're kind of doing that now with this new project as well, but now you're kind of doing it for um, other people, not just for with your own brand, right? Um, so you started exactly, a yeah. platform called Authenticity yes and tell us what it's all about
1: it's Authenticité. Uh, we uh, obviously I did it in the, the with the French spelling why uh, because I'm, I'm <laughs> because I'm French educated and and you know there's obviously there's a lot of you know French influence uh, being in Switzerland for so long and the French you say obviously it has had an impact on me and I, I generally think that the, uh, you know it has a more appealing twist if it's in if it sounds uh, with, with the e uh, accent accent. So uh, that's why, I I mean, at the same time, also, I think it's about it's content has gotten so uh, contrived and content has gotten so cliche and a lot of brands don't do the extra research and don't take the extra mile to really uh, get to understand the market and look at the perspective of the authentic perspective of how people really think it's Saudi um especially the generation z i mean you'd be amazed by how progressive uh and how much they love brands but also how much uh integrating tradition their heritage is also important if you ask any uh 25 year old 20 23 year old they'll tell you okay yes we love you know the super brands but we also want uh local brands to be intertwined with, with, with what they're wearing uh, so i think I give you an example. Some um, international brands have shot a few campaigns in Saudi, and uh, there's one guy wearing a traditional shemagh. You know what the shemagh is? It's the headdress that we wear. Yeah. Uh, and the way it was worn and the way it was placed was not correct, and we can see right through it. I and mean, like immediately. How so,
0: was it placed? How, how is the What's the right way? What's the it, wrong way? It, it,
1: the The way it was done, just you know, how there's there's a, a fold in the front, right? Yeah. And it takes it takes a Saudi. It takes it took me years to get it right, <laughs> but I finally got it right. You know, going to the bank when I was working in banking, I do it every day.
0: It's like so, the it's khala. like the equivalent of a tie. It's like you need to work on your knot exactly. and, your, and your fold. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah, and uh, we can see right through it as, as Saudis. So content needs to be approached very carefully when you were, you're penetrating the Saudi market, and it has to be authentic. Uh, topics, personalities, locations, designers, uh, you know, a mise en page in a magazine, you know, how it's done. There's so many elements that that come into uh, inspiring, uh, captivating, and and really changing perception. Because there's a misconception about tradition. Immediately they think someone who is traditional is primitive. And actually, I, I disagree. I think that Holding on to a tradition and moving it forward gives gives you even more of a, a stronger sense of identity. Because if you don't know your origin, you don't know your, your roots, then where is your identity? Uh, and so this is the whole ethos behind what authenticity is about. I'm on the search for all the authentic talent, the voices that have not been able to kind of uh, be heard. Because for me as a designer, I would always have to come to Dubai to get my uh, my message across to do my PR, uh, to do my shows. And it was a long, and hard journey to get my, my brand recognized. So I'm going to make it my mission that all the authentic, uh, whether it's artists, whether it's designers, whether it's product developers, whether it's interior designers, anyone that has something unique and authentic to offer, uh, would make it my mission to uh, highlight their work profile them and make sure that they have a strong word of mouth because I mean uh, Alhamdulillah I've been in the market now for almost 15 years and uh, I've been blessed with, with a supportive network uh, I'm also a contributor for a Bureau uh, and a contributor for Hia magazine which basically covers the spectrum of English and Arabic and I feel like it's it's kind of my mission to uh, to elevate and showcase all the beauty that comes from Saudi and uh, the MENA region. Uh, but I'm also, I want to make sure that they are authentic and that they have a message and that they have their own stamp. You know, um, I think that uh, with COVID-19, uh, things have changed and uh, the mass market and the chains, and the McDonaldization of, of products, of fashion, of everything has shifted to things that are a bit more authentic, to fashion that is has more longevity, uh, to a mindset that is more linked with humanity, with giving back, uh, with empathy and quality, and even I think that you know, I recur- we have some amazing uh, local artisans that we need to celebrate that have been overlooked because fast fashion uh, ruled. And I believe that fast fashion will no longer uh, have so much as much importance as celebrating all the local artisans, whether it's Saudi, whether it's Lebanon, whether it's Morocco. Uh, there's so much. There's a wealth and a plethora of amazing talent out there that we don't necessarily know about because uh, we wanted to play play it easy. Uh, we didn't want to bother or take any risks. I think now it's time to start really. For designers, it's an opportunity for them to really flex their design muscles and think of the importance of sustainability. I mean,
0: Yeah. And besides the fact that COVID-19, the world is changing, but, you know, I think Saudi Arabia, we all know, is really changing at a fast pace um, with part of Vision 2030 to invest in culture and talent. I was reading the plan today, that section of the plan. It's very clearly spelled out that they want to support that carefully and invest in it. Um, And they even created a ministry of culture, which didn't exist before. But I imagine that because it's so new, there's no real framework, as you said, for people. PR, marketing uh, for all this industry. So yes. I guess you're kind of stepping in and trying to, uh, to to create some kind of framework to start with. So it must be kind of uh, a new, unexplored realm, I would imagine. Um, but I did a little test because I was putting myself in the shoes of a... Um, in an international company, let's say Adidas. Let's say I was on the uh, global marketing team at Adidas and we wanted to partner up with Saudi Saudi Arabia's coolest R&B singer. Uh, or performer. So I would go on Google and I would Google this, like coolest Saudi performer. And, and so I did that, and there aren't that many names that came up, to be honest. I got someone called Michel Tamer. Do you know that person?
1: Yes, Michel is fantastic. Um, he actually, what the cool thing about Michel is that he's Ecuadorian Saudi and he is celebrating his Ecuadorian heritage. And his Saudi heritage, so you're talking about English, Spanish, and Arabic in, um, uh, in, in one tune, which is fantastic. Uh, he definitely is one of the rising stars. And you also have someone like Hussein, who is one of the first rappers, literally started some R&B, some rap, and rapped in Arabic. He's one, one of the pioneers in rap.
0: So,, so, I would do really well, I think, if I was on on that uh, marketing team. But see, I only found like one like good person, and then you would come in and be like, "There's also this other guy and this other person."
1: Absolutely. I think also, you know the logarithms maybe are not uh, properly uh, you know, kind of uh, placed. Maybe there needs to be a bit more focus on that. And this is the beauty of what the Ministry of Culture is going to be doing is to really highlight and create different uh, departments. Now they have a fashion. Department, uh, which has which will be established very soon. The mandate has not been passed on yet. But we went to the Fashion Futures uh, exhibition that they had, which was incredible. Which is headed by Her Royal Highness Princess Rima uh, Bandar, who's the ambassador to the United States, the first female ambassador to the United Saudi female ambassador to the United States, uh, and they have some amazing initiatives that are lined up. Uh, the beauty of uh, MBS is that he literally has placed a very dynamic and young uh, team of professionals who are really holding the reins on moving the country forward. So I couldn't be any happier. Uh, and it's music to my ears to see all these dynamic incredible uh, people who have been placed in such great positions. So the future is bright, but remember, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day. So we need time uh, and these things take time. And sadly now with, with COVID-19, uh, you know, things have had to kind of be put on, on hold. But uh, there's a lot of really inspiring uh, developments.
0: You mentioned the algorithm in uh, in Saudi Arabia, and they I think recently announced they're investing also 20 billion in AI. So I, you said Rome wasn't built built in a day, but I would say that like uh, Sa- Saudi is like Rome on steroids because they're gonna build. It looks like they're building really fast. Um, of course, as you said, there's still a lot of work to do. And just because you're investing and developing, you know, the foundations need to evolve and kind of settle, I think, before there's anything concrete there. Um, of course. Yeah. yeah. But, and, and I have you participated in many uh, events that the government has kind of sponsored and supported? And did you feel that they were, you were just talking about one, but over, I'm sure they're doing a lot of this stuff. Do you feel that it's authentic, as you said, and you feel that it's uh, going places that these events and these projects that they're supporting are, are successful? Uh,
1: there are some incredible projects. I was commissioned by Ithra, which is the World uh, Center for, for Culture. It's an Aramco uh, based company. It is an incredible institution, which I'm, I feel privileged to have been able to work with them. Uh, they asked me that this is actually how Authenticity started. About two years ago, I was commissioned to create a forum and an exhibition for Saudi fashion. So I, uh, I basically highlighted all the stars, the uh, fashion stars, Reem al-Kanhal, Razan Azuni, azouni Noor al-Sheikh, Shador, uh, to display their work at the center and to create a forum uh, alongside. So we created a dialogue between, you know, Snapchat, MIT, London School of Fashion, um, and, and experts uh, in uh, artificial intelligence, art experts in technology. We created workshops on how to build a brand. We brought uh, the Marzugs, who are these amazing Kuwaiti uh, designers, who are um, literally changing the face of uh, accessories. They're literally dressing, uh, you know, Kylie Jenner, Beyonce. I mean, you name it. Like, and this center, if you, if, I mean, you have to look, look, uh, see the architecture itself. It's like really amazing, uh, progressive, symbolic uh, um, tower of, of hope for Saudi. Uh, they're the first to start uh, having cinemas. Uh, we're talking about like an 800-seated uh, cinema and uh, a theater that's, that's you know, a uh, world-class theater. So you're talking in a museum that is a standard of the Louvre. So uh, it really is an, an impressive institution to be, to be associated with. It's called ITHRA, I-T-H-R-A. Uh, I highly advise uh, that you uh, maybe go to their website and see what kind of amazing initiatives they, they have been uh, conducting. Uh, and also, there's, they have a very strong focus on technology, development of technology. Uh, it's really the Saudi of the future. So uh, just to see this dialogue between local designers and uh, international uh, platforms uh, have this conversation. We also create. we had a forum and I created this this, uh, this t- panel discussion called Made in KSA. So this is basically an initiative that we have been wanting to kind of uh, promote and create uh, uh, with uh, Her Royal Highness Princess Nur al-Faisal, who also attended the, the forum. Uh, and now she has a, an amazing platform that is an, basically an incubator for for the local community to provide them with opportunities on how they can further their craft, whether it's through design, whether it's fashion, whether it's art. Um, this this whole movement of local entrepreneurs holding the reins and uh, taking action in creating an ecosystem in Saudi that can provide opportunities for the talent community and this is also part of what authenticity is doing is to bridge and uh, connect and create opportunities for all this, these amazing talented people who we do not necessarily know for example you know not everyone is lucky like you and me who've had you know uh, college education or um, I went to the states I went to boston and so forth Um, many people have the talent, but they don't know how to cultivate their talents. And uh, I think part of what the Ministry of Culture is doing as well is there are people who can tap into what they're good at and give them opportunities on turning their talent into a business opportunity as well. Because, you know, as a fashion designer, um, what I realized is that it can also provide job opportunities. It can provide uh, career opportunities as well. So people didn't realize that there's actually... There is opportunity in, in, in the arts or there's opportunity in fashion or there's opportunity in product design. Not everyone, uh, you know, uh, that needs to become a lawyer or a doctor to, to succeed and, and, and get further their, themselves in their careers. There are certain ways where you can really excel and love what you do.
0: Yeah. Definitely, and I—it's—I uh, mean, the KSA is investing so much in all of this, and there, it seems like they're not cutting any corners. So I would say that this is probably a great time for, uh, you know, the younger generation to be growing up there—an um, exciting time. Even though you know nothing's perfect, and and oil prices are down, and I, I'm sure they're having you know s- some kinds of issues economically, um, like the rest of the world is. But but they're definitely not every project that they're doing. Are they're just going all out and you know getting the right people which is key uh including yes. you i guess <laughs> so
1: you also <laughs> very have, kind thank
0: you <laughs> well it's the truth um clearly you also have this other project uh, gems of Ara- gems of saudi arabia is that a
1: podcast i'm getting everything it's,
0: wrong wait let me say the name no, properly no 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 authenticity
1: Authenticity, yeah. Authenticity. Uh, so gems of Arabia. <laughs> yeah, Authenticity. Uh, yeah. It's a, a more Frenchy side because of, by my you know, yeah. French uh, education yeah. background, but it, it, you know, it's it's a it play on words as well. And gems of Arabia, because I also it's Saudi centric, but my mission is also to to bridge between the Mina, uh region to bridge between the amazing Lebanese Lebanese artists amazing uh, Egyptian artists and create potential collaborations. Um, my brand, Toby is not just West and East. It's a global fusion. And this is what inspired me. Everything should be a global fusion, but at the end, it's also about bridging cultures and creating one bridge that everyone can, can benefit from and everyone can celebrate. Uh, and, and Gems of Arabia is about profile. I've been doing it now for three years. I have a column of Bureau profiling all the the Arabs who are shaping the, the, the landscape, whether it's artists, whether it's someone like uh, Princess Ririna Bandar who really is uh, a role model to all of us, uh, an exemplary figure uh, who is uh, an intellectual a humanitarian um, and really re- really leads by example uh, someone like Mashal um, Shememri, who is the first aerospace, Saudi engineer, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what uh, you're talking about.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, people like that who really are changing perception, uh, adding tremendous value and uh, elevating the the Arab identity. Because I think that as Arabs, especially the ones who have, it, have been exposed, it's our duty to communicate uh, who we are and our, what we are capable of doing. No one else will do it for us. And this is why we have to also do it for other people. And I think it's my obligation to also highlight, since I have a platform that I can utilize, why not highlight all the people who have inspired me? Uh, someone like Yusuf Nabil, who's an amazing artist. Uh, you know, I mean, the, the list goes on and on. Uh, uh,
0: where's your column, you said?
1: Uh, Bureau. Bureau is a uh, international uh, site. Uh, it, it used to be called Bureau 24-7, and now it's, it's called Bureau. It's an international um, publication. Uh, and I've been writing for them now for almost three years. They cover fashion, lifestyle, but also uh, my gems of Arabia is about really highlighting um, subjects that that move us and subjects that affect the Arab world in a yeah. positive way.
0: Yeah, and then and then is it a podcast as well, or is it a a YouTube uh, kind of video? Because uh, you're in a studio, you do your interviews in a studio. But it's not a podcast, right?
1: Well, I mean, uh, this is a, uh, it's a column which I'm turning into a podcast. So the podcast literally came to fruition about a month ago, and we're still in the early stages of starting the audiovisual podcast. I did my first pilot, uh, and now we're just looking uh, at how we can further this. But uh,
0: Okay, so it's yes, not yet I mean, like no. on the podcasting platforms or anything. You're, you you not, just not did the yet. first pilot. No. Okay, well, that's great. Yeah. Good luck with that. That's yeah. amazing. Um, I'm Thank sure you. it'll be very successful. So I have to be honest, when I speak to my uh, friends and family in the West, w- you know, it's one thing to live in this part of the world and to witness all the subtleties of what's going on. Um, you view things in a different way when you're here. But when you're in the West, my friends usually and family usually respond with a certain level of skepticism when I tell them about all the artistic stuff that's coming out of Saudi Arabia. They usually, uh, first of all, point to the poor human rights record that country has. We all know, you know, some crazy stuff has happened also. And then also, of course, it's treatment of women. So, you know, what we see from, you know, uh, at the outside world is on the one hand, they're having all these big electronic music, Music festivals with female DJs. And then on the other side, you know, women still can't legally do many things that men can do. For example, public transportation and parks and beaches and amusement parks are segregated in most parts of the country. Is that right?
1: Well, not not, uh, a lot has evolved in the past few years, you know, and uh, let's not forget that, you know, people like to believe the cliches, you know, it's, you know, we're, you know, some, some still think that we're, you know, Alibaba, 1,001 uh, nights uh, on camels, and, you know, uh, we we have, you know, an oil well in our backyard. Like, some people still think that, you know, so...
0: That would be really amazing. (laughs) (laughs)
1: That would be really amazing, (laughs) yes. And, you know, the the thing is, like, you know, the the cliches and the stereotypes, sadly, you know, are, are there because people don't, you know, read between the lines. People need to, I think, educate themselves more, maybe get different sources and see what the new generation is like, see how far we've come, see all the, the great uh, developments that have, have happened. But it's, it's, qu- it's quite, unfortunately, it's quite selective. And a lot of the Western uh, media has, has been a bit uh, one-sided, you know, uh, unfortunately. But I really believe that if people really gauged into coming in uh, with an open heart, and discovered the amazing sense of hospitality we have, the beauty of, of incredible remote areas that we have. Uh, there's so many hidden gems in Saudi Arabia that uh, we are now discovering, and we are we are uh, communicating, and people yeah. realize that Saudi is uh, really it's, it's a jewel.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I know. I've seen I've seen. there's like Alula Desert. Some of these places where they're hosting the festivals are beautiful. And I have no doubt that the hospitality is amazing. And yes, let's give credit where credit is due. Since 2019, females are allowed to travel alone, for example, without yes. uh, asking for their male guardians to get their passports for them. And so this is a big one. Women are allowed to drive now. Women are no longer forced to wear the abaya. However, from what I hear and what we hear, and let's be fair, the Western media doesn't have all the access to all the subtleties and stuff, just like any media from a different country. You know, the facts yeah. are the facts that women are not allowed, from what I read, to show off their beauty. So just because they don't have to wear an abaya, um, you know, there's it doesn't mean they can like you know, dress like they would in Los Angeles, of course. And if they do, well, they'll Muhammad, still... The, yeah. Prince Mohammed
1: bin Salman uh, said that the, lady, the Saudi woman is no longer required to wear abaya as long as she's, she's uh, dressed appropriately. So Yeah, appropriate. Um, See, that's a
0: matter of opinion, right? If the police thinks it's inappropriate and he's old school, that lady's going to be in trouble.
1: Oh, you don't have you don't do not have that anymore. Now the uh, you know the, the those uh, r- really uh, conservative officials are no longer you know uh, going around really? and, and, and bother. No, they, that's that's halas. That's 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 passé. It, it's no longer uh, happening. If anything, um, now uh, a lot of Saudi women uh, can go around uh, as long as they're they're dressed modestly. They can go around without having to wear abaya. You know, it's. Things have evolved. I mean, uh, I have my own retail. Um, When I had my own retail, post-COVID, I I had to turn everything online. I basically, you know, during pair time, we would have to, you know, close, and then they would come and they would control. They were no longer there, even before I closed my boutique. So things have evolved a lot. Interesting. You'd be surprised. surprised. There's so many stereotypes and there's so many uh, cliches that are attached, uh, unfortunately, that over the years.
0: Well, I think it's just that things are changing so fast that it's hard to keep up, and it's uh, that's why it's important to talk to people that who are inside like the conversation we're having right now just to get you know the real you know the real story
1: you would be you would be surprised by by how amazing uh, some of these generation Z kids, how uh, cultured, how educated, uh, how f- forward thinking they are. but also they're still very kind of attached to their heritage, you know which which is what i'm I'm noticing from a lot of the new generation. The old generation are, um, it's hard to change the mentality, it's hard, it's hard to change the perception, but a lot of them are accepting and inviting the, the, the positive changes that are happening, because in the end it's also helping uh, the perspective of the country itself. People are actually finding to see the real Saudi for what it really is, you know, which is really a, a multifaceted country that has incredible uh, destinations. I mean, I don't know if you've, you've you've heard of neon, but
0: yes, of the course. The water,
1: yeah, the waters are like crystal clear. You could be in the Maldives, whereas you know Abha, you have mountainous, hilly, uh, you know, uh, beautiful greenery. I just did a campaign in Taif, and uh, they have the you know incredible. Like I, I myself, am, I'm reminded. And then you have Laoda, so and not to mention all the historical sites that we have. And archaeologists have been invited in the country. And a lot of them are saying that if archaeologists do their their due diligence and discover, we have so many incredible other ruins and and historical sites that the entire world can look forward to. So sky is the limit to what's what's uh, you know going to happen for us, inshallah. Um, and I think people just need to to be a bit more open-minded and also look at you know our side and not focus so much on people who haven't even been into the country, who are talking about
0: them. Well, Hatem, that's that's the human condition. <laughs> I hate to break it to you. But clearly, there's a lot of positive change happening. Still a lot yes. of work to do, I would imagine. Uh, I guess we'll see where it all goes. You you seem super positive. Um, so where can people find you? How can people get, get in touch with you? All, all these international brands and these big organizations <laughs> that want to tap into this new, exciting market. How can they reach you?
1: Well, I have my website, which is uh, in, uh, authenticity, uh, me. I have my Instagram, uh, which is authenticity by Hatem Alakil on Instagram. And then, of course, my, you know, my my email, which is info at authenticity.me. Uh, I'm, I also have my own Instagram account, uh, Hatem Alakil. I mean, basically, like what, yeah, what they I, just, I... They hope, just have to yeah. Google
0: you. That's the truth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or go on Instagram and do a search for your name they'll see <laughs> yeah. they'll find you pretty quick uh, Hatem thank you so much for coming on it's been such a pleasure talking to you you're uh, full of positivity and I wish you all the best of luck
1: thank you it's a pleasure being uh, on your uh, podcast and I commend you and all the great initiatives and interesting characters that you you bring to your, your show thank you
0: ah shukran
1: afwan yeah hello hello
0: That's all for today. Hope you enjoyed the show. Be sure to hit that subscribe button and look for us on social media. Oh, we're on TikTok now. That's right. All of us at Hakawadi have caved to the pressure and temptation of TikTok. It's fun though. Check it out. See you next time.